Welcome to the Simple Brand Podcast, the show dedicated to helping you create simple experiences for your customers and for your team members. Each week, we're bringing you amazing interviews with business leaders and authors who will teach you how to differentiate your business with the one thing your customers need the most, simplicity. Your customers live in a complex world. Let's make it simple. Now, here's your host, Matt Lyles. Yeah, I've got a confession to make here. Um, you know, I currently run my own business, and for the most part, I'm a solopreneur. And while I love social media, it's not my top priority. It's not the thing that is my sole responsibility in my business. And so for me, social media is just one of those things that I know that I should do. I should be posting on social media. I got to figure out how I'm going to get around to posting on social media. I got to figure out uh, what I'm going to post on social media. I just wish that there was a simpler framework, a simpler way to organize my thoughts and organize my content around social media. Good news. Our guest today, Heather Hyman, has literally written the book on social media, and she's created a framework for business owners, business leaders, content marketers to be able to understand how to simply stay on top of social media, but not focusing on social media as something they should do, focusing on social media with intention, with a vision, with purpose, and you'll find out this later too, with service. I'm talking today with Heather Hyman, and she has 20 years of combined experience in sales, social media, and business consulting. She's worked with a number of organizations, including Chick-fil-A, and lots and lots and lots of small business owners who desperately needed help with social media. She's a keynote speaker. She's spoken at Social Media Marketing World. She's spoken with NPR. She's been featured by the Huffington Post. And... Recently, she released her book, The Golden Rules of Social Media Marketing, and we're going to talk about that book and her social framework today. But I also want you to pay attention to her career journey. She has a fascinating career journey story that I love hearing about because it's a reminder to me that you're not always stuck in your same position. You can clearly define where it is you want to go, and what you want to do. That's what Heather's done. That's one of the things we're going to be talking about today. So here's my interview with Heather Hyman. Hi, Heather. How are you? I am doing great. Thank you, Matt. How are you? I'm doing great as well. I'm so thrilled that you're here on the show with us today. I'm excited to be here. I love, you know, talking things, uh, business and being more efficient. And I was super excited when you invited me to come and be on your podcast. Well, I think it's just uh, such a great fit. And, you know, um, if you've heard my simple playbook that follows the simple acronym, I think it's really cool that uh, I found a, another person who loves acronyms just like I do. And Heather has the social framework that follows the social acronym. So it's going to be really fun to talk about that. Absolutely. Before we get started, though, you've got 
a different kind of journey compared to, you know, other marketers and other authors that I'm familiar with. So tell me a bit about your journey. Yeah. So I was a special education teacher turned customer service manager at a grocery store in Hilton Head, South Carolina. And just due to some really crazy, you know, honestly, kind of tragic circumstances in my personal life, I found myself in 2000 working about 60, 70 hours a week at a grocery store, liking the work, but tired of working crazy hours. And I ultimately, through social media, before you and I would call it social, um, actually through something called ICQ for anybody listening that was around 20 years ago. Oh, wow. But I met the owner of a digital marketing agency in Hilton Head and ultimately took about an $18,000 pay cut. Um, I was in my mid-20s and pretty much took that pay cut so I could work Monday through Friday, eight to five as an office manager at a digital marketing company. And I pretty much through the course of about two and a half years working there, pretty much went from office manager to project manager to graphic designer to web designer and worked with huge brands, Wilson Sports, Subway, like just really diving into the whole digital space when the whole online, you know, dot-com boom was coming into play. And then fast forward, 2002 is when I married my husband, Wayne, and he joined the military. We moved to Germany. I was kind of like remotely working for orthopedic surgeons. Like all of it feels like it has nothing to do with what I was doing, but I ended up you know, while I was working for the surgeon, I was recording spinal surgeries in the operating room, editing video, like just doing all this crazy stuff that was a little bit easier because of the experience that I had originally had. And then fast forward 2010, after some years of working in direct sales, I ended up going to graduate school, got a master's in management and leadership. And it was really then that my eyes became open to the possibility of really even what being an entrepreneur even really was. And that's where my personal joy, which had always been once we started having children, is I want to make money working on my terms, on my timeline. And so at first, you know, I got into this space because of the hours, but then it kind of shifted once I went to graduate school. So in 2011, I lived in Kentucky. I created my first business all based on a online website, a family-friendly, fun, everything to do in a small town, about 30-mile radius. And I used Twitter and Facebook to build that from just this idea in my head to a profitable business within about 60 days. And I grew that business and fast forward, we ended up moving in 2014 to my hometown of South Carolina. And I still remotely ran that company that was eight hours away from where I lived. And ultimately in 2014, I was relocated, but loved everything that social media had allowed me to do. And what happened was I just genuinely had people reaching out saying, can you help me? How can you help our chamber of commerce? How can you help our small business? We don't understand how social media works and these things that you're posting and all these people are sharing and it's driving all this traffic to your website and generating all this business. And so once we moved 
I'm in South Carolina, back in my hometown. I pretty much started again a second business, which is my sweet tea social marketing brand and said, now I'm going to actually go beyond this little bubble of a town of 30 miles. And I'm going to kind of recreate a new brand and help anyone that needs help with their social media marketing so they can build relationships and use social media to be able to do that. And I've refined my, my messaging and I realized not everybody is my audience. And so I really have zoned in on wanting to come alongside Christian business owners and entrepreneurs. But what I love is really being able to show them there's a right way and a wrong way to do social media well. And then like I personally use Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter to grow my second brand. And so that's really where I focus my time and my attention to come alongside and help businesses as well as like just speaking about it at conferences to help brands do it smarter. Wow. That is a long and winding road, so to speak. I want to take it back to a little bit towards the beginning that you were talking about earlier. So you, I, I, I completely understand, you know, working 60 hours a week in your earlier mid twenties, that's not, that's not that fun. Um, but you left that job and took an $18,000 uh, salary decrease. Mm-hmm. So help me understand that. I mean, I would think you know, like most people and, and I was this way as well. You know, in my mid-20s, I kept trying to focus on just growing where I was and just trying to increase my salary. But that's a completely different route. I'm curious if you would have ended up where you are today without that big step, without taking that big risk and that salary decrease. Yeah, I mean, it's super interesting. If I look back to all of the work I have done, I genuinely have enjoyed the work. And even in that 60 plus hours a week, I I enjoyed what I was doing. Even the mad people that were complaining about issues and dealing with angry people and hiring and firing all the cashiers and baggers. But for me personally, at that time, I really just craved not wanting to be the person working at 10 p.m. I craved wanting my weekends off. I craved just what I felt at the time was normalcy and wanted, quote, a normal hour, like the whole Monday through Friday, nine to five gig. And so for me at the time, I had found myself um, newly single because I had just gone through a terrible divorce when I was younger. And so I had no one else to really be responsible for. It was just me. And I was like, well, yeah, this is a huge pay cut, but if as long as I can still pay my rent and the cool bonus was if you made it to your one year anniversary at this digital marketing company, they gave you um, a bike <laughs> that you could use. And I was like, I'm going to get that bike and I'm going to go ride my bike on the beach and I'm going to get all this exercise. But for me, money is great. And I genuinely love striving to be able to have more so I can do more and I can serve more and I can be more generous. But right. for me at the time, it was really more so about going what right now is important to me is to be able to quote work normal hours. Here's an opportunity inside air conditioning. That's going to allow me to do that. And this is of interest to me. You know, if I had gotten in there and I was like, Oh, this is, you know, a nursing job and I hate the sight of blood. Like I would have been like, yeah, this isn't going to work. But 
what was super awesome is that as I got into that space, I was around really creative people that were open to teaching and encouraging me. And I was able to evolve within the company. That sounds like a really cool environment where, where you were able to learn a lot that's helped serve you well to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's like I said, I, you know, I went from the office manager to the project manager and, you know, the next step, that was really just because I was having an interest. It's not necessarily that, you know, everybody evolved and went through all of those different departments, but I loved and I didn't really know this prior to this position, but I really loved graphic design and creating graphics and creating websites. And I had the privilege to be able to come alongside other really super brilliant people and get on the job training and just got better at a craft that um, I was being paid for. So to me, it was just really like a win-win and something to your point that I really feel was a great um just like frame base, you know, a base layer framework for really all of the future steps. And you got a bike out of it too. And I got my bike. That's right. Congrats. <laughs> One of the things you mentioned is so today your target customer, your ideal uh, client, you said you work with Christian business owners. Uh, help me understand that. Why, why focusing on, uh, on that narrow of a niche, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. So when I moved to South Carolina, that was not the case. You know, it it evolved, right? And I I was like, here's what I do. I've done this for business. I'm going to now help others. So I would say from 2000 and probably for about 18 months, it was more generic. Like I think if I even look at my very first business card, it says helping small, medium businesses and churches get results with social media. And really, I personally just felt that I love connecting people. And it's really a part of, I'd say, like some of my God-given gifts that I have. And I do love marketing and I do love social media. And so the the vision of everything I do is I see myself as being a digital missionary. So if I am coming alongside other believers or other Christians that are pursuing their business, whatever that is, and if I can help them be amplified and have more success, then I'm ultimately able to help amplify the more people that would ultimately come to either hear about Jesus or see people like living out a life for Christ. So that's like the vision of everything I do. And so I just found in 2015, it wasn't a marketing play. It wasn't, oh, I'm going to niche myself as the girl who helps Christians. I, I just genuinely felt I want to be a digital missionary. This is who I feel called to serve. Um, and in fact, when I first was making that switch, I was saying I help churches and I help businesses. And I was even getting messed up in my own marketing because when you're sitting there talking about ROI, it's not the same language that you're using if you're talking to a church trying to get people to their spaghetti dinner. You know, okay. churches aren't talking about ROI in their, in their messaging. And so I just got, I literally got a piece of paper out and said, okay, in the last, you know, three years that I've been helping people in Kentucky and then here, 97% of all of those clients 
are small business owners. So even though I have a heart to help the church, I'm going to align my expertise and my experience with what makes the most sense. And it was business. And so I kind of shifted. It doesn't mean I don't help churches. I might do a blog post that's super specific and say, you know, seven ways for churches to more effectively use social media. But I just really felt that my experience thus far had been with business. And a really cool thing happened, Matt. Once I made that shift, I still got leads to work with churches. I still got invited to speak at crisis pregnancy centers and talk about social media to grow those brands. But it's because people could go to my website and I wasn't just, I wasn't keeping it a secret, I guess, what I stood for. And so I have since had clients in the pet industry, nothing about their brand is anything aligned with faith. In fact, I would say some of my clients in the last five years probably are not faith forward Christians, but I still met with them. I still talked with them and I felt I could help them and I served them well and got them great results and and enjoyed working with them. But I just personally found life is too short. Know what you stand for. Don't be afraid to stand what you stand for. And I feel it just makes it even easier for customers to be able to make the decision, you know, am I a good fit for them? Not just, are they a good fit for me? That just helps customers have a better understanding of, of you and how you operate as well. And, and no matter how someone positions themselves, no no matter how someone positions their, their business, as much as you can put your personality, as much as you can say, here are the things that I stand for, you know, which is my identity. And, and, and sometimes even, you know, here are the things that I don't stand for, my anti-identity, that helps customers understand who you are and say, yes, like I know exactly what I'm going to get from them. Yes. And I feel that, you know, it, people buy from people they like, know, and they trust. So the more that you can show up in your marketing, in your messaging, in the way that you communicate with those things that are not, um, able to be replicated, right? We're not just talking about words, whether it's your personality or your laugh or the things that you strongly believe in. I feel that it's just more authentic and it allows for more of your ideal people to know if they want to take that next step or if they want to keep looking for someone else that kind of meets their fancy. Oh yeah. And I love how you say that customers want to work with people that they know that they like and that they trust. And that's something that we have to remind ourselves, you know, each day um, when we're prospecting, when we're looking for new customers and with, when we're interacting with our existing customers as well. Mm-hmm. No, totally, totally. A few months ago, you released your book, The Golden Rules of Social Media. Congratulations on that. I know that's a big feat. Yes, thank you. Yeah, that's, that's exciting. And in your book, your, your book focuses on your social framework, S-O-C-I-A-L. Can you tell us a bit about your social framework? Absolutely. Okay, so I'm just going to pretty much break this down, what each letter stands for. And awesome. so the S is for strong foundations. So you have to know who you are, what you sell, and who you serve. And that has to be super solid because it affects everything else in your social media marketing strategy efforts. The O stands for optimize relationships. 
And that's really because I have personally grown two six-figure businesses and come alongside um, another amazing brands and organizations by making sure that you're using social media to really build those connections, nurture them, and truly take people from, I've never heard them, I've never seen them, to, to building, honestly, relationships. And so that is key to I, my, uh, my strategies on social media done well. The C stands for choose the right platform because too many people are taking too much time trying to chase all of the shiny objects and they're not paying attention to where they really should prioritize and be regarding their social media efforts. The I stands for influential content because I really do believe that content is king, but it's not just retweeting what everybody else has to say. It's actually adding influence to the content that you either create yourself or if you're sharing other people's great content and really adding what you think and your expertise and why people should trust you to your efforts. The A stands for automation and smart symptoms. I'm sorry, smart systems. And that's because automation is not a bad word. You just have to automate smartly and make sure that you are engaging in real time. And the L stands for legacy and kingdom impact. Because I feel regardless of whether someone is a Christian or not, your efforts in your business can truly add legacy impact, whether it's for your kids, your grandkids, people beyond you. And so I think that when you show up in business, social media specifically, and you incorporate into your messaging why and how your business is actually trying to make that legacy impact, people want to raise their hand and come alongside on the ride, especially when you are aligned with causes or ideas or situations that align with what's important to them as well. I love how it follows like a, a format that focuses on a foundation and then kind of builds from that. Like, you know, it, like it, it reminds me of um, like different hierarchies, like, like Maslow's hierarchy, making mm. sure that you have the right things in place first before moving on and focusing on, on some other, you know, tactical or execution things. And then the, you know, the, the end result, I want to get down to that foundational level, you know, with, with the S social. So understanding what you stand for, understanding who your customers are. I have a lot of people that will tell me, um, you know, my customers are everyone. If they're a human being, you know, they're my customer. I want to reach the whole world. So what would you tell somebody that says that, that that's their customer? I mean, the reality is everyone is not your customer and that is not a negative. I think sometimes people say, oh, I've got this product and this is for anyone that's nine to 99. I've heard that a couple of <laughs> times, Matt. And I say, actually, no, you may have a lot of people serving, buying your products. Yes, you might have people of varied ages, but at the end of the day, especially I think to stand out, and unless you have a huge budget of like what maybe Target or Starbucks or McDonald's does, and yes, they serve a huge wide variety of people, I think you're going to have much better success in really knowing your specific audience. If you're a wedding videographer, 
Do a lot of people get married and do a lot of people want to have a videographer? Sure. But do you want to maybe be known as the videographer in the Southeastern United States? And maybe the majority of your audience like love college football and they love family and they love like just X, Y, and Z topics. Well, if you embrace that, rather than, let's say, trying to take on the world at first, especially, and I keep bringing this up because this is really relative. We all do not have um, endless amounts of money or time to market ourselves. And so I think that the videographer or even anyone listening right now, you're going to have much better success really getting laser focused on who that dream audience is and allowing yourself to believe and realize, oh, okay, there are other people. You know, maybe my dream customer shops at Trader Joe's and they're not the coupon clipper, you know, and because that's going to impact the type of content you post on social media. And this is one of the things so many people get wrong, Matt, is every post, everything is matchy, matchy, branded for that really awesome logo and those awesome colors that they got someone to pick out. And every single post is a buy this from me. And they aren't realizing that their people that they're trying to connect with on social media are real human beings. And that you're actually, as a business, your number one job is to try to get people to stop scrolling. And so the more you almost have like this part of your branding that says, oh, they're human. So what I'm going to do is say in one GIF, tell me what you have planned this weekend. And I suddenly see I went from like a ghost town on my social media to suddenly 29 people have responded in the last hour. Well, it's because it's easy. You didn't just ask me for like the greatest moment of my life. And I had to like ponder. It was mindless. It was simple. I could engage with you. And then people begin to like want to interact with your brand, which goes on to so many other cool things in, in marketing, which depending on the algorithm and all the things, it helps the other content that you do want them to really see, which is maybe telling them about that product or that offering. But you've got to remember at the forefront, these are people that you're trying to connect with. So if you don't have that strong foundation in place and you don't know who you're trying to talk to and you don't know what you have to serve them, then all the logistics on what button to click on on Twitter or what you know, what graphic to do or should it be a video is kind of obsolete if you really don't know what you stand for, who you serve and how you can help them. I love what you were talking about earlier in regards to making it, you know, very simple and like really easy for people to interact and engage. And that brings me to, you know, one one of the reasons why we call it social media is because it's so relational and so much of business really is about uh, developing and cultivating relationships, relationships with your customers. So what are some ways that business owners can better foster their relationship with the customers? Well, one of the things I love to talk about when we think about relationships is to remember that connection is the new currency. So if you want to foster stronger relationships with your audience, whether you are a financial advisor or whether you are a speaker or whether you're a coach, is you want to say, well, where are those people currently spending time on social media? So if I can go and create 
not one touch point on social media, but I can maybe engage five different ways, not in which takes like hours of my life, but if you were on Twitter, for example, okay, I could go comment on their tweet. Okay, two days later, I could like their tweet. Three days later, I could add them to a Twitter list called Smart Professionals in Finance. And I'm going to just maybe on that different day, just look at that list and just go engage with them. And maybe on a different day, I'm going to retweet them. If you strategically say, I want to build a stronger connection, for example, with someone who has no idea you exist, you can very easily on social media go from they've never heard of you they're not Googling you to suddenly they've in the last two weeks seen multiple notifications come across their phone that you've retweeted them, that you commented them. And again, it makes a much bigger impact if you don't do this just once, but then you as a business owner get into a cadence of, I want to be seen by them. I want to be noticed by them. So I'm going to repeat what I just did that literally would take less than two minutes a day And I'm going to do that with that one person for the next month, once a week. And you will very easily start to see, oh, they're now retweeting some things I've posted. Oh, I see that they have now started responding to some of my content. Does it mean it's going to become your next $6,000 client? I don't know. It could be. But opportunities for exposure and increased traffic to your website and all of these things, plus clients, are super possible when you really just increase the number of touch points that you can have on social media. And then one last quick thing is to really, when you think of wanting to optimize those relationships, really ask yourself, how can I serve? So if you, for example, are someone that's active in any Facebook groups, active in any LinkedIn groups, you don't have to live in those groups and let them take all of this time from your day. But what if You said every Wednesday for 10 minutes, I'm going to go into this group. There's a tip. You can go into the search bar in the group, type in your topic. So I might go and type in social media and I'm going to literally spend 10 minutes just looking at any post where someone is asking questions about social media. And in those 10 minutes, I'm not coming up with a strategy to like slide in the DMs of people (laughs) and like spam them. But I'm just like, oh, if you're looking for this, here's the one thing you might want to do. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Like literally just go in and serve for 10 minutes. And if you do that once in a Facebook group, people will probably not remember you. But if you make a business decision that says for the next six weeks, I'm going to spend 10 minutes in the same group, investing 10 minutes each week, I can promise you what happens is people go, you know what, man, there's that Matt again. He is so helpful who is this guy? They click on your name. They kind of go stalk your profile for like 90 seconds and go, oh, he's an expert at this. He's kind of smart. And, and you he's got awesome hair. Again, to get that attention that you're, that you're ultimately looking for, but it's by truly having a heart of just really trying to serve and help people. Gotcha. Wow. And, and, and I really want to make sure people, people are paying attention to some of the things that you said here. If you're looking at, you know, someone in particular, you're retweeting them, you're engaging with them, you know, doing that for at least 30 days. You know, if you're serving in a Facebook group, doing that, um, you know, once a week for six weeks. So this is not just a one-time thing. And 
I cannot think of any brand, like most brands are not built overnight. They're built by a series and a habit of incremental actions, incremental habits. And that goes to what you're talking about here is, you know, customer relationships. It's about um, a habit and a series of serving people and not just a big one-time action. Absolutely. And see, like I, I like social media as a person and there are people that, if they weren't in business, their personal profiles are super inactive and they don't post. And I'm not saying that there's a right or a wrong, but I'm just saying personally, I enjoy social. So I really get the psychology behind really enjoying connecting with people that I am not sitting in front of face to face. But what I see is when the light bulb moment goes off for those brands that realize that they are having an impact on their business by genuinely caring and not just seeing social media as we posted five times this week, checkbox, and like they're literally doing nothing else to really try to strengthen their brand. They're not checking their messages. They're responding two and a half weeks later when someone says, can I get an estimate? They're literally just posting on their timeline, not responding to any comments, not doing any suggestions or being social in any way, and they're missing the boat. So again, regardless of how you're wired, whether you're an introvert, extrovert, love social media or not, if you can embrace that social media for business done well doesn't have to take all of your time, but can help you get more leads, traffic, sales, then you will be much better served in your strategy efforts. Wow. And and so as as business owners, business leaders, as marketers, I think it comes down to that question in rethinking or changing the mindset around how we're tracking our activity in social media. And the question then is not how many times have I posted on social media? The question is who have I served on social media? Absolutely. And how can I take these connections, which oftentimes they say someone might need seven touch points with you online before they take a next step with you. And to your point, Matt, I think too many people think that maybe that touch point number seven is the purchase of your $5,000 program. (laughs) And sometimes that touch point number seven is they've just seen you enough to trust that link that you just posted for the free opt-in you have that they're now even feeling that they want to go that next step to just even get on your email list. And so, like I said, I'm not here trying to say social media is slow because I'm just trying to like make excuses, but it's like, you know, it's like dating and marriage. It's like, I think that the relationship that you have, if you're married may have been something that you took some time in, you invested it, you nurtured it. And I want to encourage people to think that your social media marketing efforts pretty much can be the same way. And I think overall, social media is a marathon rather than a sprint. That said, 
when you leverage your social and say, oh, well, you know what? I've got these 90 customers that have all said these amazing things about me and you incorporate into your strategy. You know what we're going to do? We're going to create a quick, simple graphic and a free tool like Canva. And we're going to actually take those words that we got in an email and we're going to get permission from that person. And we're going to actually turn that into a graphic, a social media post. So people that are new to you, they can see wherever you're showing up on social that embedded in the midst of your messaging, you see proof of other people that have paid that person and have had a positive experience. And so it makes it easier for someone to go, oh, okay, I'm going to get on a discovery call to like learn more about their coaching program because I can see all these other people that say, you know, that Heather or Matt or Sally or whoever the people are that, that say that they're great because other people on social media saying you are legit, valuable, help people get results is 10 times more powerful than you posting all the time how great you are. Oh, yeah. It, that, that's, that's the social proof. Totally, totally, totally. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm assuming that at least the majority of the population, at least here in the U.S., the majority of people did not um, become engaged on their first date, did not become <laughs> engaged to be married on their first date. That's right. There's a couple stories out there of people that had super, yeah. super short dating periods and, and they, they're still married 25, 35, 50 years later. But for the most part, I would say that that's not the average. Yeah. And, and it, it takes a while to build that relationship and it takes a while for people to want to make that commitment. And it takes a while for customers to want to make a commitment, you know, to spend their money with you. Nope. No, totally. And I think that, you know, the biggest thing that people um, regarding their social make is they try to spread themselves too thin because, you know, Matt, we could sit here all day long and say, what's the best social platform? You know, there's great things for Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, Instagram, all of the things. But the number one question everybody listening right now needs to ask themselves is, where are my customers? Where are the people I want to serve? Where are they spinning out, hanging out time on social media? And so then if you're like, they're all here, then that's, that's the playground you know, that I need to be showing up in and adding value, serving well, being a part of the conversation. And then of course, inviting and leading people to know how they could take those next steps with you, of course, as well. It's possible that as a business owner, not all of my customers are on TikTok right now. That is probably true. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about automation, creating systems. What are some of your favorite tools to help business owners, um, you know, plan and manage and automate and, and create these smart systems? You know, I'm going to keep it super simple and tell you three nice. things. Number one, I think Google Drive is like simple and easy and it's free. So the best thing you could do, for example, regarding smart systems, if you come to a place where you say, I am going to post seven days a week on social media, rain or shine, 
That is so much harder to do if you're waking up every day at 930 and saying, what am I going to post today? But if you use something as simple as Google Sheets, totally free, and you literally just come up with maybe four different buckets, you know, I like to think of either educational content, you might think of like happy customers bucket, you might think of just humor or motivation or inspirational, like you're not selling anything and you're not saying people love my stuff. You're just trying to be a human, right? And then let's say you have a bucket called like ask customers questions. And then maybe you have a bucket called other people's great content, because that's another tip on social is you want to share other people's stuff, not just a cycle of your own stuff. But when you have tools like Google Drive, you can come up with just some really simple templates that are literally like, these are the four buckets. I'm going to just try to fill these four buckets full of content ideas. And the second idea, and this isn't necessarily a, a tool, but it's a time-saving like ninja trick to save everybody's life. And that is batching your work. So set a timer for 30 minutes and say, I, for the next 30 minutes, am going to look up content that can help my audience. So if you are a web designer, you might look up something that's complementary to what web designers do. And maybe it is you saying, here is a great way for you to get content you know, and you're just literally pulling from other great resources, you're using Google, but literally batch your time and say, I will do nothing else for 30 minutes. I'm looking for content. I'm not answering my phone. I'm not checking email. I'm not calling to see if Matt is reached out to me. I'm doing nothing except for that for 30 minutes. And you will be completely amazed at how you will be so much more efficient. And again, if you go and in those 30 minutes, if you find 17 great web articles that would be fantastic for you to post on social, it doesn't mean that you go post them all, all 17 of them within 17 minutes of each other, but it just means you copy and paste that URL for those 17 documents and they're literally right there on your Google Drive folder. And then another day, you can say, now what I'm going to do is I'm going to set a timer for 30 minutes and do something else, but batching. And then the last two tip I would share is I love Canva. So if you need to make any graphics, if you need to remo remove backgrounds from some photos, even if let's say they're photos of yourself and you want to create graphics, I have the paid version of Canva, but I'd say I used the free version of Canva for a year and a half and it's, it's fantastic. And it's just C-A-N-V-A. I love and I use all three of those uh, tools and, and methods. Um, I think uh, oh, maybe, maybe like a handful of months ago, I made the decision to switch everything over to Google Drive. Mm. And that's, that's where I manage everything. And it has been so simple for me. I, I, I use Canva and I'm so surprised at some of the things that, that I'm able to create with Canva and batching. Um, I, I love the concept of batching and, you know, I talk about minimizing barriers and a lot of times, you know, especially with some of these tasks that, that we try to do, like these are the things that we know we need to do. We should be doing these things um, instead of trying to fit it in you know, fit in one task, you know, somewhere in your day, set a time on your calendar, like you said, 30 minutes and batch, you know, a handful of whatever tasks you're trying to crank out, batch them all together in that short time period. 
And that really minimizes that barrier of trying to figure out when, where, how am I going to get it done? When we talk about social media, a lot of times, you know, we will we'll see businesses experience some sort of crisis, whether it's a PR crisis or something that, that maybe they either posted or said or did on social media. And, you know, large businesses, they've got, you know, they've got a whole PR team and maybe even PR agencies working with them to help, uh, to help mediate and manage through this crisis. But if a small business owner finds themselves in a social media crisis, how can they react and how can they recover? So one topic or tip I should say to maybe be proactive is to make sure that you have Google alerts set up totally free. Just go to Google, type in Google alerts, and you can pick any string of keywords. It could be the name of your brand. It could be your name, and you will get a notification based on if you say, I want you to send me this immediately, and you'll get notified if that is basically put out anywhere on the web, which is super helpful, especially if you have a small team, if you want to be able to be notified immediately if you somehow or your brain is brought into the news. So that's one suggestion to just try to be as proactive as possible. And then to your point, Matt, I think the biggest suggestion I would share with everybody right now would be own it and handle it like straight on which I know for a lot of people, they're like, oh my goodness, I don't like confrontation or oh my goodness, like I'd rather just like crawl under the covers and just like pretend this isn't happening. I'm not encouraging you to be rude or like to like go down the wrong road on social. In fact, I've got a whole part of one of my golden rules in my book is know how to handle your haters the right way. But what I want you to say, if there's something that's happening if it's because of there was a bad customer service issue, if it's because you ran out of a product and people are upset, like whatever it is, like handle it. And I think that the more you just literally share your heart in a respectful, professional manner on social media, it, it puts your voice out there. It avoids people speculating and it just allows for you to share exactly what's happening. If you've had to increase your prices because maybe let's say your meat suppliers or X, Y, and Z at your restaurant have become more difficult and you suddenly have to say that your meals are no longer $8.99, but they're $13.99 and people are just crazy upset or maybe they're even taking to social media, I mean, either consider creating a short video with you as the owner and just literally in 90 seconds say, hey guys, we just want to let you know right now that circumstances have changed. And so our costs have significantly increased. And as much as we hate to have to increase our prices as a business, we've had to take X, Y, and Z measures in order to be able to still show up on a daily basis to serve you. Now, at the end of the day, people still might be not happy that the prices are increased, but anybody I would say with any empathy is able to say like, yeah, they're not just totally raising this completely out of the, you know, out of the blue 30% to where it was two weeks ago. And it's because you show up and you actually respond. And, and again, I think that there are business owners that there has been something that truly is a fault of the business and they just want to hide. But I think that your customers and your brand would be, would be far better served if you just literally tackle it straight on, but maintain 
the professionalism with kindness as you translate that message that 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 really aligns with your with your organization. Oh yeah, and you talk about when when the customer sees that then there's the ability for the customer to empathize with the business owner and at least understand, you know, what what they're going through. On the flip side, I think, you know, at least sharing the information and, you know, owning it and doing all the things that you just described is a way to empathize with the customers and helps the customers understand that their concerns, their voice was heard and they're at least understood, you know, as a customer may not fully change everything, but at least they were heard. Absolutely. And to your point, that brings up something I want to share is sometimes if someone gets a negative comment or a negative post on social media, even if the business wants to address it, and I'll I'll have companies that we're not necessarily doing their social media, we're just kind of consulting them. And I'll say, hey, you know, there's this post, you know, from May the 17th, where someone asked this question, have you handled that? And they'll say, oh, yes, we took care of that. We private messaged them. And so I'm trying to explain to them, as well as everybody Uh listening, I'm like, that's good. I'm super happy that that one person understands, but here's how it looks on the outside. On the outside to everyone else, it looks like someone has asked a question on May 17th and now fast forward, you know, 12, 13 days later, it looks like your brand has not acknowledged them. So even if you, let's say, and I'm a huge advocate, try to take things offline as much as you can. Don't get into this bantering back and forth. You still want to make a public post, even if you don't want to go into all the details of just saying, Sarah, I'm so glad we were able to send you the information that you requested, period. It just forward-facing communicates to other people that are coming to engage with your brand that you are responsive and that you're listening to what people have to say. It sends that signal and everyone can see that signal and, and realize, oh, you know what? If I ever have a problem or a concern, I know that they'll handle it because they handled it with this person here. Nope, absolutely. We are in a still a difficult time right now, uh, especially for small businesses. Um, we're still in the current coronavirus pandemic and there's, you know, lots of different communications and actions uh, that business owners are trying to consider, especially based on where they're located. Um, And I see a lot of businesses that tend to have, I'll call it paralysis, paralysis on what to post on social media. And so with that, it just looks like they're just, uh, just staying silent. What advice do you have for small business owners during this time? You know, I think that the number one thing, I mean, don't get me wrong. I totally realize that right now for many business owners, things may not be going well. But I also would like to share for many businesses, things are going very well. People might be having their best year yet. And they might even have some guilt associated with that feeling because they look around and they see so many others that are not in that same boat. And so here's what I have to say is if you have a product or a service that can serve someone well today, that you are doing a disservice by stopping showing up and being available and actually being able to be a part of that solution. If your business has maybe shifted 
for example, if people cannot travel in your state and you maybe have a business where the number one thing you do is set up like, you know, vacations for families and you're like, they physically cannot pay for what I need because they can't vacation right now. Then the number one thing I would suggest you do during this time is you literally show up with value that helps people with just continuing to build that trust and that authority for what your expertise is. So if you're imagining that things are going to be very different nine months from now, well, look on a calendar. What's the weather like nine months from now? What types of vacations that time of year are typically most popular? And begin literally trying to get in the minds of the people that are desperate to want to have something else to focus on than what they can't do now, but what they might be wanting to do in the future. And that could possibly say, hey, have you ever thought about taking this kind of vacation? Well, if you have, because it's located in this particular part of the country, here are five things that you could do now that would make that be a possibility. You could get passports for your family. You could do this. You could do that. So you still have a way, I believe, to just really nurture and educate with just content that's relevant to what you do that might be able to solve the future needs of the customers that you have. And then the last thought I would like to share on that is for those people right now that may just have that business that still can help and still serve people now, I think that you don't want to try to dampen the light of the success that you're having and just always try to shift the mindset of what problems are your ideal customers having and how can you be a part of that solution? And that even just goes back to, Every single person listening right now should be able to make a list and say, these are the 10 questions I get asked over and over and over again. And you need to go and create 10 different social media posts for each one of those. And just think bite-sized pieces on just really trying to make yourself be seen as that go-to person. Um, And I just want to share this. It's like I, this past spring, taught for the very first time as an adjunct faculty at a college in my city in Columbia, South Carolina. Well, it's all from a social connection from my high school chorus teacher. Well, the last time I saw my high school chorus teacher was at my 10-year high school reunion, which that was in what? 2003. So it's been a long time since I saw him face to face, but he sees what I'm doing on social. And he's like, Heather, I'm like so impressed with everything you're doing. I've got this recommendation. I'd like to give your name to this college that's looking for somebody or is that okay with you? So it's like, I just think people need to just keep showing up, keep authentic, authentically celebrating the wins in your business, bring people along on that journey. And I think that sometimes when you might just start to feel people don't need this right now, you never really know exactly the circumstances of the people that are following you, as well as all of those people that those people know. And you've got to just always try to look at social from the big picture. And that goes back to what we were talking about earlier in regards to your approach with how can I serve someone today? And if you're, if you're staying silent right now, there are people that are looking for content from you. There are people that are looking for something that only you can provide. And if you're not out there providing it, then you're actually providing a disservice to those people. 
No, totally. And it's like, I want to also encourage everybody. I, you know, I mentioned the people that are out there that they don't need what you have, but they know other people that oh, can yeah. benefit from what you have. I think you, you sometimes, it's hard as business owners to think of it this way when you think of social, but real life scenario, if I know someone that's looking for an accountant and I have someone that comes to mind Maybe not everybody is wired this way, but I would say many people that are very active on social media are, is people are going and checking you out before they even call you. They're looking at your social. They're looking at your website. And so if the person that I know is awesome at accounting, on their social, let's say even their top number one place that they quote want to be active on social, if they haven't posted since September of 2017, that literally makes me a little nervous to recommend that person to someone else because whether we want to believe it or not, when people come to your social and they see you haven't posted in a long time and you're not consistent, you are no longer seen as a relevant viable option for today. And so I just want to encourage you, even when you know this accountant is fantastic, when I go and make a recommendation to someone else, I'm putting my brand on the line by right. saying this is someone that you should recommend. And because what I do for a living is social media, I really try to come alongside owners and, and entrepreneurs that are walking the walk. So yes, this might sound really terrible and you might not want to hear it, but people are judging you based on how you are showing up on social media and they are making decisions whether you are honestly credible to follow, but even the people that already do genuinely, you know, would probably say, yes, I like them. I know them. I trust them. They're kind of super hesitant to raise their hand. If you're not stepping up and genuinely saying, I would like for social media to be a place where I actually look credible. Oh, super insightful. Heather, we are learning so much from you right now. Um, but I know that you've got a lot more to teach others. Where can people go to learn more from you? Yeah. So going to my website, sweetteasocialmarketing.com is probably the best place if you want to have access to my podcast, lots of free content and just resources. Um, and, and if anyone right now has ever struggled with what should you post, I've got a completely free 31-day social media content calendar that you can access. Just go to sweetteasocialmarketing.com forward slash content calendar and you will be emailed within minutes that PDF document that I think will immediately get your wheels turning on what those things are that you can be posting to get engagement and get the right eyeballs that you want on your business. Oh my goodness. That that's a huge gift that that will help a lot of business leaders out there in understanding, okay, what do I need to do? What do I need to post? You know, and just kind of go ahead and just have that plan and that frees them up to be able to focus on other things. Thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and before we go, I want to ask you one final question. If you were to create a soundtrack for Sweet Tea Social Marketing, what songs would be included? Okay, so this kind of goes back to my, just my vibe of just music I've enjoyed. So it could possibly feel a little bit out there, but uh, here it is. So the first one would be Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice. Oh my goodness. 
Second one would be Motown Philly by Boys to Men. Wow. Song number three would be Speak Life by Toby Mac. Number four would be My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. <laughs> and the last song will be by Francesca Battistelli, and it's called Christmas Is. And I listen to that song year-round. <laughs> Wait, you listen to that year-round? Why? Yes, yes, the whole CD, <laughs> the whole CD. But that's my favorite song. Little known fact, I listen to Christmas music year-round as well. Oh, great. So I'm not alone. That's right. Wow. Oh, that, that's that, I love that playlist. And <laughs> I can definitely tell that you graduated in 1993. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> awesome. Well, Heather, thank you so much. I'm so grateful for you being here with me today. We have learned a lot and there is certainly more to learn from her. So you can go to her website and go and download your content calendar. Heather, thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much again for having me. Hey, I hope you enjoyed my talk with Heather as much as I enjoyed it. And be sure to check her out. Go find her at SweetTeaSocialMarketing.com. But listen, the best way for you to find her right now, because you're listening to a podcast through a podcast player. So stop what you're doing right now. Go in your podcast player. Search on the business Jesus and Sweet Tea Podcast. And sorry, if you're driving a car right now, as soon as you get a chance, just safely pull over and park. And then pull up your phone, go into your podcast player, and search for the Business Jesus and Sweet Tea Podcast and subscribe to her podcast today. She has lots of fun guests that talk about social media, and marketing, especially as it relates for you to make it more simple for your business. I'll also put a link to her podcast down in the show notes, along with a link to her book, The Golden Rules of Social Media Marketing, and a link to her Spotify playlist for The Golden Rules of Social Media Marketing. Thanks again for listening with us today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to automatically get episodes like this as soon as they become available, then hit that subscribe button. That's going to make it so simple for you to automatically receive these episodes. And if you're looking for a tool and a resource to help you make things simpler in your business, then go and download the Simple Playbook. You can go to mattliles.com slash simple playbook. It's a playbook that's going to help walk you through how you can make your customer experiences or even your team member experiences simpler. Until next time, keep it simple. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Simple Brand Podcast. Want to make your listening experience simple and automatically receive each new episode? Visit our website, simplebrandpodcast.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. If you're finding value from the Simple Brand Podcast, leave us a rating or review. That helps us get the show to the ears of the people who need it most. Be sure to catch Matt right here next week. Same Matt time, same Matt channel. Until then, keep it simple. Simple.